And good evening, everybody. Welcome to the latest edition of D. Gervin Big Mo. I'm Ricky Hampton, along with former NBA players, uh, Derek Gervin and Paul Mokeski. Hope everybody's doing well. It's good to be with you tonight. Good evening, fellas. Hope you guys had a great weekend. Uh, Big Mo, you under the weather. Hope you're feeling a lot better. Uh, my boys got their butts kicked yesterday, which I knew they were going to do. Lions fell to the uh, Minnesota Vikings, but that's okay. We, we will bounce back next weekend. But I thought, uh, I thought they had a good first half. Didn't they have a good first half and then just kind of yeah, lost they, it in the fourth? Le- the Lions led the whole game. They yeah. led the whole game until the final 30 seconds or whatever it was. Four, they led <laughs> – they led until the final 45 seconds of the game. <laughs> typical, typical Lions loss. But, hey, <laughs> they're, they're getting better. In fact, guys, why don't we start the night off talking uh, a little NFL football and your thoughts on uh, what happened over the weekend and uh, what we're seeing so far in the National Football League. Uh, I'll start with you, uh, D. Well, first, let me say good evening, everyone. Uh, hey, it's been interesting. You got teams that Jacksonville Jaguars have stepped up. Uh, Miami Dolphins have stepped up. Uh, you got a few teams that are surprising right now. And it looks like right now we're looking at a lot of parity. So I'm very happy about that. Uh, the guys and teams are playing hard. A lot of not a lot of injuries yet, not a lot of major injuries. And I hope that doesn't happen. Uh, I want to see these teams at their best. And so far, we're off to a good start other than the uh, Miami situation. But we can get into that later. But overall, as far as the football that's been going on, it's been very exciting. Yeah, you know, what? one thing I've that stood out for me, you know, my Packers pulled it out <clears throat> against Tampa Bay and the battle of the Titan quarterbacks. And, you know, but it it wasn't a very good game. It wasn't very offensive. I'll tell you that they they scored twenty four points between them, and the over under was forty two. And um, you know, it's interesting. I'm seeing more over like the better teams. You're looking at the Chiefs and Tampa Bay and Buffalo. I see a lot of frustration already. It's only three games in the season, and uh, you know the uh Mahomes is having a little uh, conversation with the offensive coordinator at halftime as they go off the field because he wanted to have a couple more plays and you know the Bills can't execute uh at the end of the game and <laughs> their assistant coach up in the stands is going whack on throwing this notebook all over the place hey believe me I know how he feels been there done that <laughs> mm-hmm. you know and, and uh uh you know uh and Tampa Bay uh, you know, trying to execute it uh, two points to tie it up at the end and they get a delay a game. They can't even execute. So it's interesting how much frustration is in, in, in the games already. And, uh, you know, we just started. Uh, hey, I got to say this quickly, Ricky. Let me say this quick. How about my team, though? How do you lead in every statistic, basically, except for in the red zone, you get out, you get out yard um, yards where I like Buffalo, I believe had 500 some yards and Miami like 190 or something. And Buffalo had 41 minutes of possession to 19 minutes. And you still lose. well, they made a couple of boneheaded plays at the end of the half for one. Um, 
Josh Allen fumbled. We don't know if he bobbled the ball or whatever, but they made some bonehead plays. Uh, but if you look at the stats of that game, very rare where you find teams with games that are such one-sided and the team that has everything in their favor is the team that lost. Yeah, that's like when, you know, as a coach, after a game, you look at the, the box score and, you know, you can kind of figure out, okay, we lost because they out-rebounded us and killed us on the offensive glass or, you know, we sh- they shot really good from the three and we shot bad or, you know, that's usually you can look at a box score and see that. But sometimes you look at a box score and say, man, we outshot him from the three. Uh, we had less turnovers and, you know, we still lost the game. And, you know, like you said, Derek, it's those little things. Sometimes those little things become huge and they just bite you in the butt at the wrong time. I mean, look at the Kansas City Chiefs. They were bungling, mungling there, you know, uh, field goals and, and all this stuff and at the wrong times. And, man, but that was – that had to be, I mean, to look at those numbers, if you would have gave someone that, say, hey, it's look ridiculous. at these numbers, which team won? You know? Six, 65 yeah. passes, Paul. 65 <laughs> passes, and you get 19 points. That's crazy. Yeah. That's that's a lot of throwing the football around, six, 65 times, uh, and, and and not to win that game. But I, but I tell you, man, the surprising uh, game for me yesterday was uh, uh, the Jaguars dismantling uh, San Diego. Well, yeah, the, char- the San Diego, the Los Angeles uh, Chargers. We know what you mean. <laughs> <laughs> Which everybody, you know, considers uh, the Chargers a possible uh, Super Bowl contender. And uh, that's too straight for the Jaguars, who are now 2-1 and one on this season. They're playing well, Ricky. All the guys are buying in. Um, you know this game, how it goes, ebbs and flows. But the key is for some of these teams to get off to a good start that haven't done it previously. And Jacksonville is one of them. Um, you know, they they went all in on Trevor Lawrence and whatever. Then we had the debacle with their former coach, Urban Meyer. Uh, but it seemed like these guys have regrouped and the management has brought in the, the right pieces, at least uh, so far. And I actually believe this, this is going to be something they're going to maintain over the season. I think um, this is not just an anomaly. I think uh, they're a pretty good team, and I think they'll continue to be that throughout the season. Yeah. No, go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, the other, other one that stands out is San Francisco. Everybody is <clears throat> so high on them. And then, <clears throat> you know, Trey Young gets hurt. Uh, and then not uh, Trey Young, get that man, Trey Lance, <laughs> Trey, La- Trey Lance, yeah. <clears throat> and uh, you know, uh, Joplo, whatever his name is, is coming back, and you know, but they're you know, they they signed that uh, Debo and all that, but you know, they're at one and two, and uh, you know, Cincinnati with Joe Burrows and, and that group, which everybody thought would have a chance at the Super Bowl, they're one and two now. It's early, so at one and two, you know, you're all right if you turn it around, but. You fumble around a little more, and you know you're one and four, and and uh, you got some problems, serious problems. And, and, and talk about problems. How about the uh, Las Vegas Raiders? Another team people thought would be Super Bowl contenders. They are already zero and three on the season. And I was looking at this zero and three start. Their postseason chances, according to some uh, this uh, CBS projection machine has already sunk to only 5.6 uh 
wow. chance of making the postseason at 0 and 3. Just making the postseason. Wow. Just to get in the playoff. I mean, and we know that's just a projection. I don't know how they do but Ricky, it. They for, go for, by. for example, in their in their division, Kansas City at two and one, they give them an eighty-eight percent chance of making the uh postseason. Look at history, though. They go by history. Zero and three is that's not that's not off to a good start. Uh you have to go on a really big run to end up uh, even having a great, uh, a satisfactory year. So just picture them losing one more time. If they lose their next game, they're out the season. They're already out of the playoffs. And the surprising part for me is I like, uh, I've been a Derek Carr fan, uh, not really a fan of the coach, but you bring in Devontae Adams. I mean, it's just so far, things just haven't clicked, but they ha- they're in a must-win situation already. So they don't win the next one. I'm already basically saying cancel Christmas for them. <laughs> Mo, yeah. you're out there. What are you seeing? Well, I mean, um, you know, they add um, uh, Devontae. Adams. Yeah, Adams. And, you know, he's one of the best receivers in the league. Everybody knows that. Um, but uh, when I looked uh, yesterday, uh, last year, one of the really bright stars for the Raiders and one of the guys that was there every game, picking up big plays, uh, Hunter Renfro. Hunter Renfro is a great receiver. Not one pass thrown to him, not one reception. So, you know, it shows how when you add somebody as dynamic as Adams, it takes away from some other guys. And, you know, it's all about balance. And uh, if you don't have the right balance and, uh, you, you know, the Raiders have been the history of not being able to finish games. They played really well and not be able to close out games. And it's really showing up. I mean, last week they had that game one. They should have won that game. And this week it was pretty similar, uh, you know, but, uh, you know, they had a couple of chances. They had a chance to tie it up with two points at the end there, and they they couldn't get a a catch involved. And, you know, like Derek said, I mean, you know, what are they playing, 17 games this year or something? Yes. I mean, you're 0-3. You got to win three in a row just to get 500. (laughs) Yeah. No, numbers don't lie. I mean – you know, my my goal in, in when I was coaching basketball, whether it's the G League or an NBA or ever, I wanted to be successful. I wanted twice as many wins as losses. So mm-hmm. if I was two and one, then I was four and two, then I was eight and four, then I was 16 and eight. I got a good season going on. Right. Mm-hmm. But if you start out in the hole at oh and three, you can't get to that point at all. You're just trying to get your head above water. So. You know, that, that's a – it's really kind of surprising because they added another pass rusher. Uh, their offensive line has been pretty good, but uh, they're just not closing out games. Hey, let me say this quickly. Ricky, I want people to think of this as well. When you have teams that go in hole zero and three, that puts a lot of pressure on everyone in the organization and the players mainly because they already have blown games. You heard Paul say that they've blown games at the end that they should have won. So completing the deal is one problem. And then you add now, it's basically do or die every game. So that puts more pressure on them. That doesn't raise confidence. That takes away a lot of guys' confidence. And just think of it. Now every play, you get to the point where every play starts to matter. And that's a lot of pressure. So I'm with Paul 100%. The the numbers don't lie. One more loss, they lose their season depends on the next game. I'll leave it at that. 
Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Hey, uh, on another note, uh, the NFL announced today that they're getting rid of the Pro Bowl game, <laughs> which is the worst All-Star game. It has <laughs> long been the worst All-Star game in all of pro sports. Your, your thoughts on the elimination of that game? <laughs> if you just says the worst in all the sports, we know that's not good because the, the NBA is not exactly thriving with their All-Star game. So when yeah, you're below but, that... But, but it used to be the NBA All Star game used to be a really good game. Well, but so it, did it the is, Pro Bowl. The Pro Bowl. It, here's the problem with the Pro Bowl, man. I think they should have made it where these guys, the team that wins, it's all make it where it's something that they really have to play for. And that's the these guys are going out there to have fun, man. Some of them when they make their trip, they out there partying this and that. You got to bring back some realness, get them some motivation, uh, kind of like they did in baseball where you have to win to get home field advantage now. They got to do something to change it. But since they've decided to disband it, um, I'm sad to see that. But, I mean, people weren't tuning in. So maybe they'll come back sometime down the line in a few years. But, I mean, they had to do what's best for the league. No one's really tuning in. So I guess it makes a lot of sense, a business sense to disband it right now. Yeah, football is different than baseball and basketball and even hockey. Uh, because you can't in the Pro Bowl, you know, you can't tackle anybody. Flag not, football, thank you, Paul. Yeah, but you're, but yeah, you're that's not, what they're doing now. Yeah, but so my, you can't tackle anybody because no one's going to go to an All Star game in a Pro Bowl. Uh, you know, with the idea that you can end your career, you can end your career. Now, you know, we know uh, in baseball, probably not really likely in basketball. You know, you could come down wrong and tear up your knee or something. Hockey, maybe, but football, likely, likely. If if you have bonuses and all that stuff, people are going to headhunt. Uh, you know, you can't, block. Yeah, you can't you can't do that. Unfortunately, with football and you know laying off and you know in, in the grasp and all that stuff. That's not why people watch football. They watch for football to watch people get hit. So yeah. that that's why it doesn't hurt. And they're trying to do the next best thing, a flag game, uh, all these skill stuff. Um, you know, at some point, you know, what's the point, I guess. But, uh, you know, and in basketball, as far as basketball, even back when I played in the 80s, it was a pride thing. East versus West. There was pride in that. We're better in the East than the West is. We're stronger. We have more talent. Way back when. You know, when, when uh, you know, the Jerry West and all, it was definitely a pride thing. And it was also, you got a little bonus, which was important. But, uh, you know, now even in the NBA, they have to put, a co- you know, players pick their teams and, you know, all this other stuff just to make it entertaining so it doesn't become a joke. Like I remember a couple of years ago, actually it was here in Las Vegas where they had the, the sophomores versus the rookies or whatever. And it was just, it was like, 200 to 190, no one played defense. It was just breakaway dunks, and it was a joke, and nobody wants to see that either. So, you know, I, I think, you know, football is a different animal. I, I, I don't know what they can do to make that work, but I, I do believe baseball did it right, Ricky. So whoever wins the All-Star game gets home court in the World Series, right, home field. Yeah, home field in the World Series, yeah. Yeah, so what if they did that in the NBA and hockey? That would be interesting. 
Yeah, guys will play a little harder than if this home court is important. It's, it's, it's becoming a buddy league. Yeah, it's like a yeah. bad pickup game, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, uh, um, you know, it, it's been uneven play in the NFL. And I was talking to one friend of mine as an NFL beat writer, my, my good friend, D. Orlando Ledbetter of the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. and and uh, Orlando was saying uh, he thinks the play is uneven because training camp is much lighter now. Uh, you can't do as much. You can't hit as much. You can't practice as long as, as you did, say, in the 90s. When I covered the NFL, there were two-a-days, lots of tackling. You played four games. You had scrimmages. and uh, you know, you 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 really got a chance to refine some of these things. He thinks it'll take four games of the regular season yep, before agree. we see teams settle down into yep. what they can really be. Because nobody plays now. You're, you're playing and you're saying you're, you tell your friend he's a genius. You're playing your way into shape. Yeah. And that's sad. Yeah. That's when that's when you have injuries. Yeah. So that's why yeah. I said right now the guys haven't been getting hurt, and I'm going to knock on wood because I don't want ever wish injuries on someone. But when you do all of this stuff, shorten camp, uh, you know, stop letting them hit guys. You're setting them up for failure when the season starts because you're going to have some guys that are not going to be in the top condition as others. And then that's when you start having your injuries. So I'm, I'm going to keep uh, trying to keep the uh, positive – Outlook, but man, it's, I'm still a little nervous about some of these guys as the season progresses. Yeah, so uh, the Raiders are going to be in tip top shape and they're going to be 0 4. <laughs> <laughs> they're going to be ready to go. Here's what we are. Yeah, you're 0 4. You got no chance. <laughs> hey, and we want to thank our uh, viewers for checking in. Mary from uh, 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 Moncton says hello. Uh, Moncton. Moncton. I'm sorry, Mary <laughs> says hello. Max Sanchez is checking in. Max Sanchez Clarence says, uh, Derek, I'm here to support you. Just so you give me as as long as you give me some support. And he, you, uh, Ricky, let me say this quickly. Uh, Mac, all we all supporting you, my man. Um, Mac has a big day tomorrow, and I won't go too far in it, but it's a very serious um, thing here we're talking about. So, Mac, I'm going to thank you once of all. I know you're here in San Antonio tonight, um, and I won't go too far into what's going on. But, yeah, I love you, and I'm definitely – we're supporting you, all of these guys here. We're we, we wishing you well. Absolutely, hey, whatever it is. Yep. Yeah, whatever it is, Mac. And Mac has a question. He says, please talk about the Dolphins <laughs> and the mess down there. This would have never happened to Marino. They would have taken care of them. Of course, there's reports that uh, – uh, uh, Tua suffered a concussion, and the Dolphins sent him back into the game without it, uh, uh, despite of that. And, you know, we're still up in there exactly what happened there. Your thoughts on uh, the Dolphins and their handling of their star quarterback? Well, they, they said it's his back. That's what they said first. They said they went <laughs> – they went through a, a, a concussion protocol when they took him in the locker room with two minutes left in the half, and he passed protocol. And actually, as of right now, because if there's a possible concussion, you go to concussion 
concussion protocol for days after it happens. They watch you. He's not in that now. And, uh, you know, they're saying it's his back. And, uh, you know, I'm not a doctor, but hell, he got his bell rung. He couldn't make it back to the huddle. Come on. Everybody saw what happened. You, I don't know what can't sugarcoat that. I mean, it, it's, uh, you know, I, I, you could see he was stumbling as, his, his lineman picked him up, you know, they, they walked him off, but you know, back then when we played, it was, you got your bell rung and you shake it off. You know, when you, when he first got up, you saw him shake his head, right? He shook yeah, his head. Yeah. You know, I've never, I've never seen a player ever. Remember now you're talking to a back guy here, my back, my disc uh, with the nets. So when my back was hurting, I grabbed my back. I didn't grab my helmet. Uh, yeah, I'm just saying, man, how we play so many games. Uh, that's why I love this show, because we, we keep it like it is. We keep it real, as they say. And I hated to see that, man. Uh, Mike McDaniel and Chris Pierce need their butts whooped. What they proved last night is why guys like Lamar Jackson should take every penny that they can get. That showed me that these guys are we're just a piece of meat. It's just all about the wins and losses. Now, if Tua were to go home that same night, because a lot of times you might not have reactions until later on. I know another former player that was saying he had a concussion, and uh, he went back in and they let him play. And then when he went home, he didn't even know how to find his own house, his own street. So, you know, it kind of bothered me. I was really uh, angry earlier just uh, seeing Tua, uh, the way his legs buckled and all that. And then they take him into the tunnel. And then all of a sudden they come out and they throw him back in the game and they were fortunate to win. But I always look at the after effects and it's just sad, man, because these people, for me, the sports I love, but it would never, ever trump someone's health. And that's the part that we've got to clean up. No way he should have been back on that field, win or lose. Yeah, because, you know, when you hurt your back, Derek, you know what you do as soon as you hurt your back? You shake your head. You know, because that really helps your back yeah. a lot. Right. You know, it's, come on, man. It was so obvious. And, you know, I've been knocked out on the floor. I've been taken off in a stretcher and, you know, and stuff like that. And, you know, back in the day, for whatever reason, it was accepted. But we're past that now. And, uh, you know, Tua's freaking tough as nails then because he came back and played a hell of a second half. But, you know, whether he should have or not is a different question. And it was a cheap shot, Paul, after the whole after the whistle, the, the push. And it's my Buffalo team, but I didn't like the guy when he pushed him after like that. And yeah, then I mean, last, yeah, he, I mean, he, he pushed him and he hit his head back like that. And, you know, but it wasn't like a vicious no, hit it or wasn't, anything. It, was, it wasn't you know. a flagrant, flagrant. But, yeah. I mean, they made a couple plays that were suspect last night that I wasn't too happy with. But that, well, the way well, he hit his head, man. You guys know boxing more than I do. But they don't let – they don't let the rabbit punch because it's the back of the head that'll knock you out. The best way to knock someone out is hit him in the temple. And he knocks out like that, you know? So when you hit your head like that, whew, that's dangerous. Well, unless you Chuck yeah. Webner and Muhammad Ali or Gennady <laughs> Golovkin. Or, yes. <laughs> hey, uh, 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 Ralph Riddle is checking in with us and our good friend Corleone Young. Uh, and, and Ralph's going back to the NBA thing. He said in the NBA All-Star game, nobody's trying to get dunked on. Shoot, nobody's trying to get dunked on in the regular, the regular season. season. Yeah, they let, how many layups you see now, man? Even in the playoffs, they get out of the way. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 
yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and Corleone I'm, has – no, go ahead, Mo. I mean, back in the day, if you're a shot blocker or a big in the NBA, you're going to get dunked on. If you don't get dunked on, that means you're not doing your job. You're not protecting the room. Right. Yeah, yeah. But you got to let them feel it too, right? Uh, yeah, that's what I do. When, Ricky, when, you when, guys when saw you, didn't you guys see that picture of the dunk I showed when uh, James Edwards, Buddha, tried to tear my head off? <laughs> and, and that's yeah. just part of the game, though. I mean, he, that's how he keeps his job. <laughs> so uh, people understood that. Uh, back in our day, Paul, we got a rough foul. It had to be something really, really, really flagrant out of bounds. Other than that, we just got up and we went to the free throw line. That's, yep. that's part of the game. So it was just something that was expected. Hey, and Corleone asked a question. Corleone, I hope I got this right. Should NBA players be able to provide for NIL to get uh, – kids or do they push the NBA from high school uh, uh type in explain that a little more uh type yeah. it in Corleo explain a little more what you check oh to get the best kids he's saying should NBA players be able to prov provide for NILs to get the best kids or do they push the NBA from high school do you guys have a problem with the guys going straight to the NBA from high school? I don't. I don't. I don't at all. No. I mean, I'm, but it's important that you think they're good enough. The some shit. Yeah, they they need to get the right um, uh, advice uh, because you know what can be you know people telling you you're going to be in the NBA. All of a sudden, you're in Sweden making five hundred a month because you're not ready. And now you got an uphill battle, just like the Raiders are 0-3. You're going to have one strike against you already coming out. Um, so, but I, I have no problem with that. Um, it's, it's their decision. But quite frankly, I think that decision is made easier now because you could go to college. And if you're that good to make the NBA, you can go to college and make a million a year also and be in college. Now, you know, so. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Paul. I wanted yes. to say something towards Corley and though with, about that. You know, they got this kid, Mikey. Uh, do you know who this kid? My nephew, Joe, uh, my great nephew, has worked out with this kid. Paul, are you familiar with Mikey Williams? I don't think so. No. This kid, they pushing. Well, he's uh, already worth seven million dollars, and so wow. through the NIL, yeah. And uh, look him up, Mikey Williams. They've been. He's the next. They've been produced uh, pushing him for the last two or three years. So in some cases, Corlin, it's going to go well. Um, I think I agree that for some of these guys, the opportunity to NIL and all that is going to be a positive thing. And we talked about this before. For some, it's not going to be. Um, they're going to end up in situations like Paul mentioned, in situ uh, overseas, basically by themselves, because out of sight, out of mind. And then a lot of these guys get bad advice. And you know it doesn't take but one bad decision to change the uh, trajectory of your career. I'm going to tell you, I'll give you advice right now. If you're a high school player and you have people that can actually talk to NBA player people, general managers, scouts, player personnel, and you can get a straight answer for them from them, am I a lottery pick? And if they say, no, you're late first round, you need to go to college, get whatever uh, uh, money you NIL. can get, NIL yeah. money, get whatever you can and get yourself ready to be a lottery pick. Because uh, if someone tells you you're late first round, that means you're second round. And unless someone, unless you had five teams say, yeah, you're a lottery pick, then you need to go. But if not, 
you're good enough to, you're not good enough to be a lottery pick, but you're good enough to go to college and make a lot of money for a year and actually have a lot of fun too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Nothing beats the college life. And, and get, you'll get more mature. You'll learn how to play better. You'll get training. It's, it's a no brainer, but that's the question you need to ask. And, but, you know, unfortunately a lot of these kids don't have, uh, you know, people around them that either don't want to tell them the truth or really don't have the context to, you know, like some of us, you know, we can call Steve Kerr or whatever. And, you know, is, is my, is this kid on, on your board as a lottery pick, you know, but you know, if these kids are, are getting agents and now you can have an agent, you just don't hire them and you let them work for you. They should make those calls. And if you're not a lottery pick guaranteed by five NBA teams, you need to go back. You need to go to college. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Rudy Campos Jr. Hey, Rudy, thanks for tuning in. NIL money is going to be a better avenue than going overseas. I think it will keep more kids in college getting their degrees. I think the NIL passing is the reason why the NBA is going to allow high schoolers to go into the league. Hey, that, those are good points from Rudy there, guys. Rudy's a smart dude, man. No, I mean, yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, look what uh, uh, Lonzo Ball and guys like that, they had to go overseas to make some money, right? Uh, at least not under the table as a one and done, but you don't have to do that anymore. I mean, you can go to a top-level college, you can you can drive a Mercedes for free for four years if you stay there. That's that's you can do that now, and you can get nil money, uh, whatever you can get out of that. Um, yeah. The only draw now is one of the other draws, not overseas. It's the G League because now you can make two three hundred thousand playing in the G League. When I coached in the G League D League, the highest paid guy made thirty eight thousand dollars. So that's yeah. changed now too. Yeah. Um, Ru Rudy, I'm going to tell you two guys here, Ricky and uh, Paul, I'm going to thank Rudy. First of all, that's the show I was on today, uh, a couple hours ago. And this gentleman here promotes us, man. I mean, every mm -hmm. opportunity he gets, he's promoting the D Gerb and Big Mo show. And Rudy, I'm thanking you from the bottom of my heart. Um, I mean, very intelligent man. And you do a lot of good things. But the, the love that you bring to this show, my man, I'm, I'm really thanking you sincerely. Yeah, that, that is too cool, Rudy. We really appreciate, appreciate that. Appreciate it, Rudy. Appreciate hey, it. We, we appreciate all you guys and girls uh, checking in with us uh, throughout the show and throughout the months. Uh, we really appreciate it. It means a lot to uh, 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 to all of us. Uh, hey, hey, and guys, speaking of basketball, the uh, NBA had its media day today, <laughs> and all is well with every team in the NBA. <laughs> well, not Every, the Spurs. Everybody's <laughs> well, not and, the Spurs, and, and, and not Boston either. I mean, no, I mean that, that way. I mean, Pop is talking down on the guys. Um, I said he's trying to use reverse psychology because he's got a bunch of young guys. But he's uh, killing the high expectations down here in San Antonio. But as you guys know, Greg Popovich is very calculated. Uh, he didn't get to be a champion by being a dummy. But he's just trying to ease the pressure up off of these guys yeah. down here. So he's using reverse psychology. So that's one of the few teams. Everybody else is singing Kumbaya, but we'll see how long that lasts. 
Yeah, the pro- the problem is though he he knows his his reverse psychology is true though. He ain't going yeah. to the NBA finals. So, <laughs> you know, he he knows that he told people don't go to Vegas and bet on us to be in the finals, but and that's the true statement. I mean, they like 400 you know, to 1 par or some crazy. Yeah. Yeah. So you know, yeah. yeah, but you know, they just, you know, they're young and they're, you know, it's going to be interesting that whole situation in San Antonio. How long is Pop going to coach? Who is the successor there because there's a lot of people out there, uh, men and women. Uh, Becky Hammonds is here in Las Vegas, won the WNBA championship. Um, So, you know, Pop is getting up there. Uh, He was was my assistant in Golden State in 91. Uh, Just a great guy. Awesome coach, obviously, and and a good person. Uh, But at some time, you know, maybe he wants to get on with his life and do something different. It's going to be interesting to see who fills that spot there. Did you guys know they just brought in another female assistant coach? A few days ago, yeah, Candace Dupree. Yeah. So that's a positive. Yeah. And um, the, the NBA, I got to say this quickly, Rick, and I'm, I'm, I'm vouching for one young lady. Uh, Paul is down in that in that city. Uh, I'm hoping that things go well with the Boston Celtics, and I hope uh, Mr. Missoula does well uh, and has a good season. But if things were to falter in uh, Boston, I got to put her name back out there. I think this is the perfect time. Uh, I talked to Rudy on his show today. And I think, uh, you know, a lot of people don't know Bill Russell was the first African-American coach, player coach with the Boston Celtics. I think this is the perfect time if things were to work out with the current coach, the interim coach. This is the perfect time to bring in Becky Hammond and give her an opportunity to uh, resurrect this team uh, in Boston if things were to go go well. And I really mean that sincerely. I think a woman is capable of this job. She's her resume is better than a lot of coaches that are currently in the NBA. Uh, her, she's put her feet. She's walked the walk. And I think uh, it's time. And I don't think there could be a better place for her to start her career, maybe in Boston, other than where you are, Paul. Maybe that'll get her feet wet in Boston. And then mm-hmm. a couple of years from now, they'll be open, what, having a team in Vegas? Yeah, I think um, she, of course, after the championship, um, they interviewed her on TV, local TV here, um, all TV, but local TV had that question, obviously. So she was a finalist for the Portland Trailblazer job. Uh, she took this job. She makes a million a year. She's by far the highest paid uh, coach in the WNBA. And in my opinion, rightfully so. And, uh, uh, if you're, if she's going to make that move, it would be for a Boston job, a good job. Perfect. Not, oh, not one. Yeah, not what you because what she doesn't want to do is take any job, and two years later you're fired. Now you out the league. I hear now you. you're now you're you're fighting for yourself. To it happens all the time. Uh, assistant coaches or coaches get they get more desperate to get that one opportunity, and then they take a bad job. And two years later, they're they're a little richer, but they're back where they began, or even lower than that. Yeah, I agree, one hundred percent. But if Boston if Boston became available, I think she would jump on that. I I don't. Brad Stevens is so infatuated and embedded in the college game and college coaches. Um, You know, the, the new interim Boston coach. He was a college coach that that he found. Um, so, you know, I, I don't know if they would go that route, but it would be a good fit. And I think she would go for it. He, yeah. he was a former point guard in college. So, I mean, he played the point guard role, Missoula. So he's, I mean, Becky, I mean, she's proven it. I, I just hope it happens. You know, a lot of people talk 
And then when it actually comes to fruit, uh, near for being uh, comes to fruition, they change, they back out. Yeah. But I think she's earned the opportunity, and I love and I'll support her 100. No, nothing fake about it. I think it would be a perfect match made in heaven. Yeah, and I think I think it's close now. I think you know in the past, like you said, Derek, you know everybody you know had that little idea and all that, but they're afraid to pull the trigger. After what she's done and where she's been in her pedigree now, I got a feeling there's going to be a few NBA owners that aren't afraid to pull that trigger anymore. You're replacing I, one spur assistant. I'm sorry, Ricky, you're replacing one spur <laughs> assistant with another. When Ouch. Doka was here, Becky was here. I'm just saying. Hey, when, when the uh, as we start in the training camp and we got media days and everything's going on and a lot of stuff happening around the league, uh, Paul, what's one of the things you're you're going to be following throughout training camp and, and the start of, of the season. And then uh, your thoughts, Derek. Well, number one, here's big news. Uh, uh, Canada has lifted the vaccine mandate. So now players that aren't vaccinated necessarily can go to Canada and play. So uh, good days for uh, Kyrie and Brooklyn, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, there's just so much off the floor upheaval this year. You know, with Sarver and Phoenix and uh, Ame uh, Udoka in, in Boston and, uh, you know, all, all this upheaval. Um, what I'm going to watch for is Golden States, Milwaukee's, teams that are, haven't had that upheaval and have got a solid core and have been there before. I'm looking for them to get out a, a quick jump on everybody else and, and – uh, you know, we'll see what happens from there. But, you know, just like last year, injuries are going to dictate what happens uh, to get teams to the finals. And uh, there's a lot of teams that can get there. I mean, you're looking at, I mean, uh, Milwaukee, uh, Boston, maybe. But Boston has now dropped out of my top four because, you know, Williams III is hurt. Uh, Gallinari got hurt. He's out for the season. And now with their uh, coach upheaval, uh, Philly's still there. Brooklyn right now is Kyrie's. Everybody's happy and everything. Um, you know, there's uh, Cleveland is a great new young team. You know, they can all come through at the end. And, you know, the West, you have, you know, Golden State. Uh, 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 Dallas has made a great moves and added to their depth. And Luca's been killing in the World Games, in the World Cup games overseas. Denver is going to be healthy again with Jamal Murray. Uh, you know, you're looking at, you know, before, before in the old, old, olden days, you know, you had, you know, the Celtics or the Sixers or the Lakers or the Lakers and the Lakers, you know, now you got 10 legitimate teams that could get there. My thing is what uh, injuries, um, I'll seeing Jamal Murray come back, hopefully hundred um, uh, percent. Michael Porter Jr. At some point. Uh, Kawhi Leonard, guys like that that have been out. Joe Harris, uh, that's the big thing because some of these teams we haven't seen that with their full squad. And so yeah. that's important to me. I've been missing, I'm honestly, I've been missing Denver for the last couple of years of a full roster. Uh, Jamal Murray had just come out and established himself. See, right now you hear about Devin Booker, who I love, but Jamal Murray was in that same mix before he got injured. And so uh, to see him with Jokic and these guys, that gives them a fair chance. 
Uh, Joe Harris back with uh, the Nets would be great for them. It gives them, makes them a better team. Uh, Chris Middleton being back healthy with Milwaukee makes them a more formidable team. So for me, it's injuries. Uh, I just want to see these teams at their best, healthy. Uh, Anthony Davis, I want to see back at uh, healthy. And, of course, I got to end on my man down there in New Orleans, uh-huh. Zion Williamson. So that's the thing for me. These guys uh, being injured just to see these teams be able to have uh, their own full roster. Uh, that's that's what's important to me. That's what stood yeah. out for me. Yeah, Zion, yeah. Zion looks like the pictures I've seen from media day looks like he's lost a lot of weight. It looks best like he's, he's ever shape. looked, Paul. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, since so, high school. Not, yeah, best he's ever looked, not even high school. Yeah. yeah, so, you know, we'll see if he can turn out to be the 6'5", power forward, Charles Barkley guy <laughs> that everyone thinks he could be. <laughs> and uh, you know what else was interesting that I I, I was watching today and, and uh, I saw Philly that was doing their media day and Harden was on there uh, with his beard. I don't know how he can live with that beard. You just see his mouth and all that, that hair. I don't know how you can. Yeah, there's there's got to be food in there from a long time ago. But, you know, uh, <laughs> one, of the things, one of the things he said that was interesting and kind of bothersome is I'm in the best shape of my life. Over the last year and a half, I've been eating well, training well, and I've lost 100 pounds. 100 pounds. What yeah. was he, 300? Yeah. <laughs> you lost 100 pounds? I don't wow. think he lost 100 pounds. I, That's what he said. Well, he took, I, off then, that, he took off that flak jacket or whatever that thing he was wearing when he was at, <laughs> trying to get out of Houston. So that's 30 pounds. So, I, mean, <laughs> I was like, wow, okay. You know, thanks for losing all that weight finally. You stay, <laughs> out, like, of Del- <laughs> you, you stay out of Delilah's in Sin City this year, my man. That's like that's like if Ben Simmons came into media day and say, Hey guys, guess what? I worked on my jump shot finally. I'm so happy. <laughs> hey, Paul, I actually have Philly in my top two right now. Um, if we were to pick right now, I have them in the Bucks in my top two as far as coming out of the East. Yeah. So they... I hope he I hope he's really worked out like he said. Uh I want I don't think James Harden is done yet. Uh, but he, if he comes out and consistently stays and this year stays in shape, does the things he's supposed to do. They're a very, very formidable team. And so I would like to see them at their best and to see MB have a chance to uh, go a little further. But that will depend on these other guys, Tyrese Maxey and all those guys. So I'm happy. I just want to see Harden at his best. You know, it's going to be interesting. They added a guy that's been the designated NBA playoff guy, P.J. Tucker. P.J. Tucker. And I believe Montrez Harrell as well, right? Yes, yes. Yeah. So they picked up guys that got played defense. They got toughness. And uh, that's going to be interesting because uh, Embiid in his little talk today said he, he, he cares that we become one of the better defensive teams like we can because offensively we can figure this stuff out. And that makes sense. Play some defense. If you get hardened, when I was with Dallas for five years, <clears throat> we had Dirk Nowinski, one of the best offensive players ever to play this game. And all we needed to, to him to do was play a little defense, not not become a defender, just play some defense. And that's what they need Harden to do. If they do, and if he does, they got a lot of talent. I'm with you, Derek. Hey guys, talking about about Zion, I mean he 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 looks great and he he feels great. He says, uh, 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 "I've never dealt with a layover like this." That's a long time without playing the game. Of course, he didn't play at all last year. But my excitement level is through the roof. 
I'm just ready to get back on the court. My focus over the summer was to get back in playing shape, playing conditioning, and honing my craft as usual. I feel like right now, I feel like I'm at my best right now. I feel like I'm moving faster, jumping higher. I feel great. And you know he had foot surgery and the jumping higher part. Of course, he's going to have to jump high. That's how he <laughs> plays. But but I think of all the injuries for a high flyer to have is a foot injury. It ain't what the jumping. Say, it's not the jumping. It's, it's the, the landing. landing. The what, did landing. I say to, what did I say about him and Ja, Ricky, before they career <laughs> started? I, tell, yep, I mentioned you him and Ja Morant, the two the older two guys I mentioned. The thing with Zion, um, he has to learn when. It's the same thing we talked about when he came out of college. Pick your spots when you do all that jumping. You have to learn how to manage your body. Um, they have a potential to be a really good team this year. Uh, they got a defensive stopper, Herb Jones, who will be in the starting lineup. Of course, you know, they got Brandon Ingram. They got C.J. McCollum. If you get a healthy Zion that comes in and he can – can play 70 games. I won't go over that because I'll take <laughs> 70, especially today in the low management era. But if you got a guy, I want I want to see Willie Green uh, have an opportunity to thrive, Ricky. You know, I'm a Detroiter. You're in Michigan. You've lived in Michigan, but I'm from there. And I want to see Willie Green uh, have a chance to thrive. Another Detroit guy. And I think he'll make a fantastic coach. Um, I think they've already made progress. So, yeah, I want to see Zion healthy to see what, what he can really do and what can he bring to this team, how, how high he can raise him. There's two things about Zion. Number one, has he ever been healthy? He's always been hurt, right? He's always been hurt. And number two, what position is he? Now, I, I kid sometimes, but not really. I mean, he, he's Charles Barkley. Charles Barkley didn't have a position. I mean, he was a – what was he? I mean, Moses was a center. Averoni started at the four, but was Barkley a three? Not really, um, you know, because Barkley couldn't really shoot that well. So, you know, they got to find a spot for him. They have to decide how that fits in. Where, where, where does he fit in? This is about, and, yeah. And will he accept his role when they tell him what it is, what they want? Charles, Charles accepted his role in Philly, uh, the power forward, because they had Doc. And, you know, I was there, so I know what they went through. Yeah, uh, they, Zion does the same thing. Hey, they got a good team. Yeah, but you know, Derek, I mean, Philly, I mean, Doc, Moses. Uh, Cheeks, Tony. Cheeks, Tony. I mean, Bobby Jones. You better listen. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But New, Orleans <laughs> does, New Orleans doesn't have that, and Zion's been sold as the franchise for a while. So if he's not mature enough to listen to somebody, that could be a problem. What, what about him? Now, here goes the problem I got when you said that. C.J. McCollum's a veteran, but you remember Paul when um, Zion when they picked made the trade for C.J. Zion didn't even reach out to him, and and that's a problem for me, man. I'm like, so I'm hoping that they can repair that first of all. C.J. is an established veteran, uh, a guy that plays very well, so I'm hoping that he could take Zion and those young guys under their wings. I believe Jackson Hayes is still there. So they've got some guys that need someone that will step up and be a leader, and I hope they go ahead and follow uh, CJ's lead. And uh, Brandon Ingram is maturing, so hopefully uh, Zion won't think he's all of that, and he'll listen to these guys. And if he does that, I think they have a very, very good team. They can surprise a lot of people. Yeah, if I'm a head coach or a GM, that's a red flag to me, and that's the first thing that I've been addressing over the last couple of weeks. I want to get these guys out to lunch. <laughs> I want to get to talking to where we're at. 
Uh, I want to have some meetings in my office if I'm the head coach, get their feeling, get them to know each other so we can move forward. Absolutely. Hey, uh, Max says, Paul, don't bet on the fakers. Pat Bev coming in there creating <laughs> drama. Westbrook drama ain't going away. There'll be a mess and an AC because of all the craziness. Well, they're, they're preaching professionalism there, so maybe. So, okay, let me throw this out there. So what if this were to become to come to fruition? Anthony Davis, because remember now, we got to still remember, Jalen Brown, uh, they tried to ship Jalen Brown. And, and just hearing your name in trade talks, a lot of times it turns players off on an organization. So what if they were to just, I'm just saying hypothetically, Anthony Davis for Jalen Brown and Marcus Smart. Would that improve the Lakers? I'm asking you guys, Ricky, Paul, uh, and, and Matt. So, yeah, who who's who plays the big spot for the Lakers? Who, who plays 4-5 LeBron, I guess? Well, Anthony Davis has oh. been out anyway, so they, they, well, they've, they had to plug, they've had to plug in other people. So. Yeah, but they had Dwight Howard. They got, uh, the guy, I'm telling you, I like this guy. You guys still – I think y'all sleeping on Damian Jones. Yeah, he's, he's going yeah, to be okay. But he, even Dwight Howard, as limited as he was and as old as he was, was an effective backup and actually started games. But, you know, I mean, that, you know, uh, I – Learn now, Paul said hypothetical. Yeah, I know. That has yeah. been talked about now. Yeah, I don't. I mean, I what what I heard today is they have two first rounds in like eight years, whatever they are, and that they're trying to upgrade their team that way. I mean, you know, you look at their team if they're healthy, of course. You know, LeBron, AD, Westbrook, who doesn't fit, but He's the new Westbrook. Austin Reeves, they signed. Kendrick Nunn, Patrick Beverly, uh, Dennis Schroeder still there. And then they got a, a, a handful of whatevers. Um, Wait a minute, Schro Schroeder's back in L.A.? Yeah, they brought him last week, uh, about two weeks ago, yes. Well, I mean, if, if your budget is what their budget is, that's the only players you can sign. Yeah. You, yeah. you can't sign. You only sign minimum mm -hmm. veteran guys. You know, that's why they signed Dwight Howard and – and uh, Omar, all these guys. I mean, that's the only guys you could sign when you're hand, when you have 125 million involved in three players. You don't have any room in your salary cap. But you know, I, then, then I, I tell me this: I I think Mac probably has them where they should be. They're not yeah, better than Phoenix as as much no, as going on in that. Phoenix. I don't know about that now. They're not better than Memphis. They're not better than Golden State. They're not better than Dallas. They're not they better be than Clippers. Are they better than Utah? I don't think so. Yes. They're better than Utah? Yeah. They're, they're better than Denver with Murray back? They're not better than Minnesota. They're not better than Minnesota. Are they better than New Orleans? New Orleans beat them up last year. Yeah. I mean, and you know, they're not better than the Clippers. If, if AD plays, you, it's different. I mean, I'm not, you know, everything like we talk about, all kumbaya, right? We're all in this, yes. Don't think they're not still shopping Westbrook. And Oh, that for sure. So yeah. for a player like that, that still has some something in the gas tank, that has a $47 million one-year contract that comes off your salary cap next year, that's valuable. They can get two good players for that if they're smart. So we'll see. You guys are well, Mac, that, 
Hey, Ricky, this is for Mac and all of you. You guys, you two guys, too, y'all better start giving the Lakers some a little more credit because they do have one X factor when we talk about matching up with all these other teams. They still have LeBron James. Who's going for the scoring title, right? Is that, is that right? I, this yeah. year, I, last year, yeah. I think this year, I think they're going to surround him. Because remember, I, I believe in Lonnie Walker. Uh, I think Juan Toscano Anderson is going to help. I think they 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 put a, a pretty good nucleus of young guys around him. Um, so maybe that'll motivate LeBron to hustle back on defense instead of whining. <laughs> and we know if LeBron is at his best, that gives him a shot against teams like Dallas, teams like Denver, because you still have that fear factor with some of these teams. And that's the only reason I would still keep the Lakers in the mix. Yeah, I would if Ron was uh, 28 and not 38. I, I well, Ricky, he averaged 30 last year now. Yeah, I think he's yeah. I think from what I see from the pictures, yeah. I think he, his hair's growing back. So but but I you know, I he's mean getting younger. <laughs> he, he, <laughs> I mean, what he's doing is really impressive. Nonetheless, he doesn't have the ability to carry teams for stretches like he did his early days in Cleveland. I, I covered that game that night. He scored 26 straight points on a great Pistons uh defensive team that were uh and 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 eliminated them from the uh playoff. He he can't do that on a consistent place basis anymore. He's still a a, a great player, especially me, for that age. Name me one player in the NBA that with a injured AD and an out of what sorts Westbrook, one player in the NBA that can carry a team like that to the NBA finals right now. There's no MB. He's try. He's been trying to do it for years in Philly. He hasn't done. No, it. you said with the Lakers. You said he could carry a team. If he was in the Lakers, he could carry that team. He's so yeah. with a injured different, AD different, and a different West, system. Yeah, I, I don't believe he could get to the finals. I don't believe there's anybody in the league. That they they would. They would be a playoff team with him being. They'd be a top four team with him. I, I don't. I don't think he could get him to the with, finals. So I put mean, in, nobody. So put him beat in with LeBron, and he takes him farther than LeBron does. With LeBron, he takes the first AD, you mean? Yeah. No, yeah. no. No, oh. he takes LeBron's spot. LeBron is gone, and B oh. is in for LeBron. That's why. Name another is, well, player. Is, is AD going to be playing? Who knows? Maybe. So I can't just say AD. How could I say that? How could so, I answer that if you take LeBron out? So Embiid has a better chance of carrying the team than a LeBron right now? It, it depends on their style. I thought you meant them together. No, 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 no. Yeah. I'm, talking about, I, I'm talking about is there anybody in the league? I'll say carry? yes. I'll say yes, he could because he's 10 years younger. Yeah, he probably has a better chance, but, but I, yeah. don't, I don't think he gets them past the Warriors, the Clippers at all. Hey, but, hey, guy, think about Michael Jordan, who many say is the greatest player ever. What did he do when it was Michael Jordan? We kicked his butt. As, That's what they did. Right. Yeah. <laughs> the Bucks kicked their butt, his butt. The Pistons kicked his butt. He won his first seven seasons. Who, who, who in the West could stop MB? And, and didn't win anything. So who, Who's in the West could stop MB? It's the whole he team. Would, he he can, would get his. He could score 40. It doesn't matter. No, no, gonna get no, no, but remember, I said I like the surrounding pieces. You guys don't. I do. No, I don't. I don't believe in them. No. I, I like the Lonnie Walker. See, I know about Lonnie Walker. You guys don't. I'm in yeah. San Antonio. I like so, Lonnie Walker. I like Juan Toscano Anderson. I like no. Austin Reeves. I like those guys. <laughs> I like the addition of Patrick Beverly. Leadership. 
It's yeah. a different team than it was last year. Yeah. Well, we'll I, I like I like those guys too, but I don't like them. I don't like them as well as Looney and Wiggins and Poole and Draymond or or <laughs> uh, Paul George Chan. or Zubak or oh, that's you know, Marcus, who you, they're going who they're going up against. See, that's because you've seen them in action together already. Yeah, and in the play. And in the playoffs, you better have seen action or you ain't going to come through to the final. I'm telling you guys, we're going to better Sprite but as this season goes on. I'm telling you guys, the Lakers are going to finish higher than you think they are. Name a, name a spot. What spot? Right now? I said as the season goes on. I'll, I'll put them right now. I'm going to put them five or six. Wow. You got to bet on that, D. I, I just don't see it. You got to yeah, bet on that. Yeah, unless they make another move, yeah. I don't the agree. Cl- but you they're going to make another move. You heard what Paul just said. I keep well, telling they y'all. They're gonna, they they're gonna when they brought in Dennis Schroeder and they have Patrick Beverly, believe me, there's still talks on the table. Russell Westbrook is not going to be there with Beverly and Schroeder. Westbrook you know what, will be moved. You know when <laughs> that'll happen? Moved. You know when that'll happen, too? Might happen in the trade deadline, but it's going to yeah. happen. Yeah, I think it'll happen closer to the trade deadline because then his disappearing $47 million contract becomes very valuable to teams that aren't in the playoffs really. And they want that, that air, that's that kind of money yeah. for next year. Yeah. I, I could see that like in after Christmas in January, something like that. Well, hey Ricky, it's not how you start. It's how you finish. It, so it, 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 it depends on if AD no. is healthy and they're not, they're not 15 <laughs> games below 500 already. <laughs> Hey, hey, we we, we got to get out of here, but I want to ask you guys Already? about it. Man, we, time flies when you have fun, man. That's because we have fun, that. man. Hey, man, but what about Miami? Wow. Kyle what Lowry. about Miami? Wow. We've been on here the whole night, and we hadn't met you. Let me see. Miami. Lowry, Caleb Martin, Jimmy oh. Butler, Adam Bio. Hero. Uh, Struz, Hero. Oladipo. Uh, Oladipo. Wow. Okay. Caleb um, Martin, nice young for, player. For me, for me, you know, I loved him and Struz last year. For me, I put them, and then they got the kid, Vincent, I believe, is still with them. Right now, I would have them uh, probably in that third behind Milwaukee and Philly because we don't know what's going to happen still with Kyrie and those guys in the, with the Nets. So right now, I would have uh, Miami as my third pick out of the East. Yeah, I I don't know. I'm being, I'm a fool. I think I, for some reason, and a lot of people are on their contract here. I think, uh, oh my God, I think the Nets might get their stuff together. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> but uh, but, yeah, could, but it, I, it, it, even so, Miami's in that mix for sure. Yeah, top four for no doubt about it. Absolutely. I, I would like to see what they could do. I, I like well, to see all these teams stay healthy. And put their best possible lineups on what, the floor. What about but, Cleveland? What about Cleveland that arguably has one of the best starting fives right now? Yeah. You know? Yeah. And Evan Mobley's getting better. Uh, Evan Mobley is, is oh. increasing his range. Uh, <laughs> he's been working hard this summer. So with him and uh, Garland being healthy, uh, they got a pretty good team there. Of course, they got Donovan Mitchell they brought in. You still got big Jared Allen. So they've got some pieces. Uh, that'll probably be the team. Remember last year, I picked Chicago as my surprise team. This year, without a doubt, is Cleveland. 
They could they could be the Atlanta Hawks of this year. Cleveland. <laughs> remember, remember Atlanta Hawks? Remember when they were in the East Finals? Remember those guys? A couple of years ago, yeah. <laughs> like, bye-bye. Yeah. Hey guys, before we get out of here, uh Sirius XM and ESPN has suspended Brett Favre from their airwaves as this uh welfare scandal uh is just getting worse and worse for this guys. Uh your, your your thoughts on what has gone on down in uh, Mississippi with Favre and Southern Mississippi and, and officials from the Mississippi uh, government? Ted DiBiase, you can't leave Ted DiBiase out, former wrestler, known, very known oh, wrestler. Wow, his name, yeah. yeah, Yeah, his name has been thrown in the mix. So there's a lot going on. Uh, but this is the one thing I wish this year, I don't want to see Brett Favre when they have these NBA, this NFL games. Uh, they Right now, they need to kind of distance themselves from Brett Favre, and I think that's what they're going to do. Uh, so I hate to see it come to this, but it's something that's very necessary. Yeah, this is going to be probably long drawn out, um, and I agree with you, Derek. We, oh, we don't need to see him, you know, on the airwaves right now. I mean, um, the, the official uh, rumor was an $8 million welfare scam for himself, some pharmaceutical companies he's affiliated with, and that volleyball court that they're going to build at his alma mater. Uh, alma mater. Uh, he hasn't been charged yet, uh, but it looks like a, that's coming. And all this was done uh, with Phil Bryant, who was the former governor of that state. So, you know, where there's smoke, there's usually fire. So it's it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out. It's well, sad. Is- it's sad too, right? Yeah. I mean. Yeah. It's a guy that made a ton of money, had a future. I mean, pretty much could write, shoot, he could he could probably go be the president of the Packers before, I mean, if he wanted to, you know. Yeah, he, he could be governor of Mississippi if he wanted to. <laughs> or, and, or, and, Milwaukee, and, or or, or uh, Wisconsin. <laughs> uh, and, and here's Favre saying, I'm doing all I can to support this investigation to make things right for the people of Mississippi. I love and you guys, I have shared man. all that I know, which <laughs> is that I was paid for three years commercials that I did, and I paid taxes on the money as I should. You know what hey, that means. I, 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 lo- I love you guys. That's what it means. <laughs> Later hey, for Brett Favre. You know what it means? It means... I'm in the process of negotiating a deal right now. Thank you. Yeah. That's what it means. <laughs> hey, guys, until next Monday, we need to get out of here. For uh, Derek Durbin and Paul Mokeski, I'm Ricky Hampton. Have a great week. Peace. Peace, Thank everybody. You. Thank you, listeners. I love you guys, Paul, Ricky. Thank you, listeners, and for tuning in. Good luck tomorrow, Mac. We're with you, buddy. Yep. Yes, sir. Mac, I'll talk to you later, my man. I love you. All right. Take care, Take everybody. Care. Good yes, night. Sir. Bye. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.